Hello and welcome to the Perfect Gentleman podcast. My name is Zach Falker Barfield, 1PG and founder of The Perfect Gentleman. And alongside me is... James Marwood. Good to speak to you again, Zach. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've just had a very large plate of barbecue. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm loving life at the moment. And uh, at least we have some weather to barbecue in. Finally, yes. Although, as I, as, as, as I said earlier, um, I lit my barbecue, just had it all going, and then the heavens opened. So I had to drag everything over to the side of the house to shelter out from the rain. But it was short-lived anyway, so we managed to, to get the food and sit out in the garden and enjoy it. Well, that's very good. I remember I went to Canada and saw some friends in Canada. It was the middle of winter, so it's like October, November then. There was snow, and it was cold. It was like minus... 15 and went to have dinner at theirs and they i said oh what are we having and they said oh we're having steak and salad oh that's a very nice thing very much and then um he said oh i'm just gonna go outside to cook i'm like i'm sorry what put the barbecue on, on. exactly <laughs> to cook the steaks he said well that's the best way to cook steaks and he's putting on the the thermal jackets and the boots to go out and put the Put that's, the steak on the barbecue. That's dedication. Uh, barbecuing in all weathers. There we go. Yep, that's, that, that sounds like Canada, to be fair. Lovely, lovely place. I love the Canadians very much. So, this week, um, we have two topics. Mm-hmm. Very different topics. Yes. Um, the first topic is a, a romantic gentleman section, and it's about holiday romances. Um, I shall caveat this topic, as we always do with anything on our romantic gentleman section, is that... Um, we at The Perfect Gentleman always conduct ourselves as, as if every encounter is an opportunity for romance and we will always stop at the bedroom door in our discussions. Absolutely. We're not here for casual encounters, as they say. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's not talk about that. We're not dismissing them, we're not saying they're bad things, we're just saying that we at The Perfect Gentleman will not discuss them. Yes, indeed. And our, and our second topic? And our second topic is Thoughtful Gentleman uh, today and it's about... Asking for help. Mm-hmm. It's a topic that's dear to my heart, but also I know it's dear to yours Absolutely. about how men have an inability to ask for help. Yes, I think you're right. That's very important. And so it'd be good to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's crack on with the more lighthearted of the two. Yes. Romantic gentlemen and holiday romances. Now, James, I have to ask, mm-hmm. have you had holiday romances? Um, I have. Not anything massively serious. But I've had things where I've travelled in the past, especially for work. And earlier in my career, before I was settled with my other half, I did on a couple of occasions make friends that got to be a little bit more than friends. It was lovely. Always a little bit bittersweet because, you know, they live in one country and you live in another. But yes, I've had a couple of things like that. And one that's actually gone on to be quite a long and enduring friendship. Oh, that's lovely. How about, how, how about yourself, Zach? Um, yes, I've had a couple of holiday romances. And in fact, one long-term holiday romance. When I was in my late teens, I um, had a relationship with a lady who lived in Gran Canaria in the Spanish Canary Islands. And uh, we had a relationship for uh, probably just, just shy of two years on and off. It was difficult. Distance is always a barrier, as well as the language barrier was a little challenging as well. My Spanish was reasonable. Her English was not. <laughs> um, ironically, or the way of the world, um, I have maintained and still am friends with her sister. Well, that's the way things work out. It is. So I'm going to talk a little few bits about how we view the romantic uh, relationships on holiday for The Perfect Gentleman. And let's start, as we always do with The Perfect Gentleman, at the very beginning. Take a lay of the land. Make a little bit of preparation. Before you delve into any ideas of romantic liaisons, I think it's always best to get an idea about the etiquette and the romantic customs of the country you are in, especially if you want to date a local paramour. 
you need to know whether public displays of affection are accepted or whether they cause offence. You want to check if local people interact with the tourists or not. Maybe even have a look at what the local dating rituals are and the places that people meet, because they vary from country to country, whether it's nightclubs or coffee shops or beaches or wherever the liaisons of the romance take place. They are varied across the world. Absolutely. And I think it's really good to try and get that understanding of the cultural kind of mores around dating and things like that. I mean, I had a thing which wasn't a romance, but when I was working in India, one of the first times I went there a few years ago, I had a a young lady I was working with who, through no reason that I can understand or articulate, developed a crush on me. I'm a little bit younger, more junior in in the office. And that was quite difficult because... It was a professional relationship. I wasn't looking for anything and not with her. But because of the difference in signals, she was, I thought, being friendly and attentive and smiling at me a lot um, and just generally being nice, where actually, in her culture, she was giving me very obvious come-on signals, which I didn't realise until one of the guys we worked with pointed it out to me. So understanding that and understanding how different displays of, you know, I like you, I'm interested in you, differ between cultures can save you a little bit of embarrassment i agree with that yes absolutely and knowing that touching someone in public may not be acceptable in certain places there is many tales of kissing on beaches in certain middle eastern countries which cause offense so be aware of that it doesn't necessarily even need to be something as extreme as that as you know my other half's brazilian and they're holding hands, having your arm around someone. That's all very open and very okay and expected as it would be in, in most of Europe or the US. You know, if you walk together, you hold hands. But giving someone a little tap on the bum, as might be common in, in the UK or in, in the US or in Northern Europe, is a big no-no. I did this at a public barbecue quite without thinking and one of her friends gave me the dirtiest of looks <laughs> and I didn't understand it until she explained to me later that this was, you know, that's just not the done thing in Brazil. Lesson learned, beware, exactly. Absolutely. Beware. So the next sort of thing is make sure that you approach the person when it looks like the right time. I've seen people approach when others are snoozing on their sun lounger or um, chatting in the middle of a debate with a friend and they've approached. I think timing is everything. You've got to choose the right time to approach someone. You will automatically get rebuffed if it's the wrong time. The second thing we talk about always at The Perfect Gentleman is confidence. And confidence can be taught. But of course, on holiday, you'll be slightly more confident. The sun is out, you're feeling better, you're feeling happy, and quiet confidence boosted by your holiday vibe will come through every pore and it will build quick rapport with people. And again, we come back to the third thing, which is charm. And and charm, we wholeheartedly disagree, saying you aren't just born with it, you can be taught it. Being charming on holiday is much, much easier. There are more topics of conversation. People are easier to get on with. You can be given a little more leeway with some cheeky comments. But in charm, never forget to be self-effacing. Keep your conversation simple, gentle. Make reference to the places that you're in. You can always make a joke about the place that you're in. There is a number of ways to start the opening of conversation. And if, sadly, you are rebuffed, politely walk away. It just might not have been the correct time, the place, or the chemistry might not have been there. Never take offence. A lot of this comes back to the sort of dating or interaction advice that we give. And if you are introducing yourself to someone, do it like a gentleman. Treat them like a real person. They're not a goal. They're not a target. They're not a conquest. It's a person. Talk to them like a person. Listen. Say hello. 
how you doing, what's your name, are you here on holiday, those sorts of things are just great. Just have a real conversation. The limited success I've had romantically has all been just by treating people like people. It's not hard. It's not complicated. No. And then the sort of next topic we talk about is dating in the tropics. Now, um, the, the nice thing about going on holiday and having a, a romantic engagement whilst on holiday and dates on holiday is you can do some great things. Yes. Depending on where you are in the world, you could have a romantic picnic on a remote beach, uh, moonlit walks, trips to remote waterfalls, riding horseback along the, the beach. There are so many different things that you could possibly do whilst on a holiday. And it makes a very much more interesting date. But also, I don't have my phone with me generally a lot on holiday. And I don't take my phone with me when I'm lying around on the beach and so on and so forth. So you actually are much more likely to be present, much more likely to be in communication. And that's a good thing. Advice that I got from a friend of mine a few years ago is, you know, when you're thinking about things to do and how to spend time, rather than think about what could be seen as a good thing. You know, my friend told me about this romantic thing or this is the sort of thing that people do. Think about what the person has told you. So that the guy or the lady that you're taking out, what do they like? What have they told you they enjoy? Try and calibrate it to their tastes. And then you're much more likely to have a fun time than they... Ah, it's a date, therefore I must take you for dinner at a nice restaurant. Yes, exactly. So then moving on from dating, also you need to be a little bit careful on holiday and in places that you're not familiar with. And we're not talking about anything untoward here. We, we stop at the bedroom door, remember, here at The Perfect Gentleman. Um, <laughs> you have to be aware that not everyone or every place is, has the same civilised behaviour or not civilised behaviour as you, where you come from. And there are people who will take advantage of those on holiday. Be wary of scams, illegal behaviour and nefarious practices. There is always the sad but occasional story of someone running off with their belongings. Or There's no need to be paranoid, but make sure that you're aware of those things. I would agree with that. Something like that happened to a colleague of mine who was wowed by a, a young lady at a bar, again on a business trip rather than a holiday, took her back to his hotel, got drunk, passed out and woke up with no passport, no wallet things like that it's avoidable if you're just a little bit sensible if you stay away from dangerous people in dangerous places you'll probably be fine absolutely and then as you said uh, james the dates and romances have to end because the holiday is over uh, hopefully that you as a gentleman have set your expectations and with the person in question but sometimes we're not talking if you've fallen head over heels in love then you will make uh, every attempt to make the romance work, whatever you are in the world. We're very happy if that's happened for you. But on the other hand, if the expectation is just for a casual holiday romance and that works for both of you, there will be a point where you have to part ways. You've got to treat this with respect. So compassion, conversation and understanding is a way to go forward. Remember to share the good memories and part as friends. I have a little gentleman hack for this. I say write a handwritten note about what a good time you've had during your romance with this person and leave the note for them to find after you've left. It will be a pleasant reminder of your time together and they will think of you fondly. I think the point you made earlier about the expectations having been set are really important. You know, it would be unfair to pursue a, a romance with someone if you had no intention of, of carrying on once you'd, once you'd finished. It's only right that, that you would go into something like that with the other person being aware of of your intentions but if you've done that then parting is bittersweet but it doesn't need to be a big drama or, or be very upsetting you had some nice time together hopefully you'll stay in touch and that's it and as you said you've got a lifelong friend from one of your absolutely romance. yeah 
Maybe you could tell us about your holiday romances. We'd like to hear uh, the clean versions, please, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, we are the perfect gentleman after all. Yes. Um, so drop us a line on inquiries at theperfectgentleman.tv or contact us on any of our social media channels. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are available on all of them. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We've had some great feedback uh, and we always appreciate comments uh, and feedback from all of our listeners. Born in the back shop of a Colombian leather craftsman, matured on the Pan-American highway, perfected on a pub's damp table in Savile Row, Monsieur London is the result of travel. It led its two creators from Anchorage to Oshire on the 19,000-mile-long journey. They ended up in London to settle the project born from a choice to lead a lifestyle with higher standards and expectations. A brand for the 21st-century cosmopolitan man. As a result of this approach, the online retail shop MonsieurLondon.com was launched in October 2012. Since then, they have met many pop-up shops in Paris and London and opened with business partners La Gassionnière, a 250 square meters men lifestyle concept store in Paris. Their brand offers elegant accessories made with traditional know-how for a fair price. They make their customers pay for the quality, not for the branding and marketing. Their French, Italian and English workshops fabricate outstanding products created with their sense of traditional know-how and their passion for style. These accessories reflect the technical excellence of their makers. They offer bespoke options on many of their products, including gloves, bags and belts. Check them out at MissYourLondon.com. And now a little bit more, uh, we go a little bit deeper. Yes. It's a topic we've discussed before, and you and I, James, off the, the podcast, and I've discussed with a few other men as well, is that conversation of about men needing help. Yes. Men are appalling at one major thing, and that is just asking for help. Yes. Uh, and it's specifically prevalent in today's modern society. It manifests frequently in the trivial. There's the oft-cliched example of men ever asking for directions, no matter how lost they are. And also in our, our world, you know, not seeking or admitting they need help in learning or uh, life skills or knowledge. And then when it comes too late, they sort of go, oh, I must do that. The most troubling, and I think most importantly, as far as we're concerned for this conversation, is when men are having difficulties. Statistics are, speak for themselves. The single biggest cause of death amongst men under 45 in the UK is suicide is one of the top three causes in North America. It is the same in most Western countries in the world. And, you know, it would be trite and simplistic of us to think that suicide is solved by asking for help or that, you know, somebody's taking their life in that way. But it's just saying that we're not very good at asking for help in these times. Absolutely. It's all tied up with that idea of pride and not necessarily always knowing how to frame uh, the words to describe your emotions or being able to give uh, somebody else an understanding of how you actually feel. But everybody has problems. And I mean absolutely everybody. When you look at somebody's life through the prism of social media or their public displays, you won't see them. But I know every single one of my friends has hit a patch, normally sometime in their 20s and sometime in their 30s, where they needed help. As you say, everyone needs help. And it is a good thing to ask for help. It is a good thing to have friends to rely on. And really, honestly, talk to your friends, male or female, just talk to them. You don't have to maybe necessarily go into explicit detail about what your situation or your problem is. The asking for help will, by its very nature, lift some of the weight off your shoulders. 
And if you don't have friends, I mean, we'll talk about, we'll give some telephone numbers of places to contact if you if you need help. It's a prime example for me when I was in my my mid-20s, mid to late 20s, so about 26, 27, I went through a spell where I was really down. I was not doing particularly well at work. My personal relationships were all suffering. Just simple things. Like I was really, really tired getting out of bed in the morning. I was losing my temper loads. And I didn't recognise this until a pal of mine pulled me aside and, and said, what's wrong? And I said, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. And he, he kept at it and pointed out to me that I was showing all the, the classic symptoms of mild to moderate depression. Just recognising that and then having someone to talk to about it. And all the, the, the normal things that we all feel like about, about work and romantic life and money and home and things like that, family, all of those pressures. Over a period of a few months, having regular conversations, talking about things, it got better. Life got better almost without me realising it. It absolutely is the way to go. And I think if you look at great men throughout history, almost all of them have had some kind of mentor or support and have also had quite a strong network around them of friends and family who've helped them. And you can you can think about Alexander the Great to Churchill to whoever. Success is not a, a solo endeavour. And solving problems is not a solo endeavour. We're, we're not built for solo solving of problems. Nope. We're societal beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we require communication and conversation and we require group discussion. And the problem we've talked about this many times before, we are becoming, especially in the Western world, more and more isolated as a society. Technology is dri- driving that. And I think that doesn't help. We are forced by certain amounts of peer pressure to put on social media that everything's wonderful and everything's joyful and happy and all that sort of stuff. And it not necessarily is. I mean, that puts pressure on the, the pressure on both ladies and gentlemen to look good, to be the ideals all the time. And that doesn't always work. We need to be able to understand that we need help. We need to speak to people about it and make things better by conversation. And don't wait till it's too late. Talk to friends all the time. You and I talk, you know, I have many, many friends, some closer than others and those I speak to about my problems and situations that occur. I generally solve them on my own, but yeah. that's but I do tend to speak to people about it because whether they give you advice or not, sometimes it's just someone sitting there and listening to you. One of the things that is important, I mean I, I love social media. I use it a lot. I use technology constantly. It's a major part of my of my work in my leisure time. But it's really important to recognise the difference between friends, in inverted commas, that you have online, and actual real friends. So people who actually have your back and will and will support you. And it can be really, really tough, especially as you're growing professionally, if you're moving, if you're in a new city, to have those friends and those networks can be really hard to build. Even just having someone who you can talk to face to face online by telephone a little bit about how you feel makes a huge difference and as you said if you don't have that support network at the moment there are other ways to do that through support services the important thing is not to feel that you have to pretend that everything is okay 
all the time. <clears throat> the British idea of the stiff upper lip is defunct, really. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that is the one thing of the, the modern gentleman that I would wholeheartedly disagree with. You know, there is no, no need to be a stiff upper lipped gentleman anymore. Yes. You know? We're not in that world anymore. We need to be in a world where you can communicate and speak. And, and most problems are solved by conversation, communication, discussion, debate, not burying your head in the sand or not talking to anyone, then things tend to manifest and tend to increase and grow and rather than being solved. Sometimes your pride needs to be put into a pocket. It really, really does. And I say, you know, that doesn't mean you have to, to declare to all and sundry, oh, woe is me, my life's terrible. But choosing to have the friends that you want to talk to, or the people you're going to talk to about a particular problem, and then opening up with them and being honest, and then listening to what they say, reflecting on it, you know, that's no different to how we would solve any other problem. If I'm teaching or leading some executives through a problem-solving session, we don't just sit there quietly and think about the problem. We discuss ideas, debate, look to frame the problem in different ways and get different pieces of advice on it and different thoughts. It's exactly the same with a personal problem. You know, even if that problem is something that feels somewhat nebulous or that you, you can't really understand it, often just the act of talking about it can make it much easier to think about and, and, and to understand actually what it is you're feeling. Yeah, and also clarifies the, the situation. The person who you're speaking to's advice might not be right, justified, sound. It could not be knowing all the facts that you know. But having that conversation with someone might just, you know, that ping of clarity might come to you because you go, oh, okay, now I get it. Just having that conversation with someone talking about something that affects you. We've all been there and I've, I've talked about this publicly before, you know, I've been there more than once. I've had been very, very depressed on a couple of occasions and I've had some great problems thrown at me all the way through my life. But you got to talk through, you, you know, I'm very, very lucky. I have a lot of good friends that I can talk to at various points through my life. That conversation has happened and sometimes it doesn't really go anywhere and sometimes they have the... You know, great clarity and gives me guidance and I kind of go okay that's fine but I f always feel better after having the conversation I've never not felt better even if I've cried or you know, I've been thoroughly upset whilst having the conversation afterwards I always feel better yes that's exactly the, the case and even if you know as, as, as I said you know it doesn't necessarily have to be friends I've done it before where I've gone to to counseling or where I've talked to people whose job it is to listen and that helps it's things such as you know being able to to just verbalize what it is that you feel and that you think the things that you're considering being able to do that to somebody who who listens and reflects back at you it's amazing the difference it makes and it's so necessary and and so please ask for help yes please ask for help let's start with the trivial mm -hmm. ask for directions if you are yes. feeling that you're lost if you don't think you know something like a life skill or some knowledge ask don't be embarrassed to want to learn there is nothing wrong with wanting to learn you know and if you are having difficulties do speak to someone on that point with skills and the like almost every time that i've run into problems professionally and where i've struggled with something at a task that i've signed up to or something that i said i'd do i've been asked to do it's almost always been because i didn't ask for for help and somebody had the skills, somebody had the knowledge, was willing to tell me um, how to do it or to help me learn something. If only I'd said, excuse me, chap, I don't really understand this. Could you 
give me half an hour, an hour or so to explain it. Truly, most people will be more than willing to help you. If it's a skill you need to learn and you need to pay for it, fine, pay for it. You know, there are many, many ways to learn skills now. But also, yeah, most people are very happy to help. You'd be surprised how many people are happy to help. Um, just to uh, let you all know, um, if you are struggling in the UK, you can speak to the Samaritans and they can be contacted on 116123. There's a, a lovely group called Calm, which is uh, for men, which can be contacted in the UK called, on 0800 585858. 58. In the US, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1800 273-8255 and in Australia the crisis support service line is uh, 131114 if you're not in any of those countries they're all generally online you can find them um, please do if you are in need reach out and speak to someone so I know the Samaritans do this because I've made use of it is they have an email service which is really useful and it's joe jo at samaritans.org uh, you can just email and have, a, and have a conversation by email or they can shift it to telephone. And also, if you are under 18, in the UK especially, we have a, a um, child line, which is great for this kind of thing and has the advantage of being entirely confidential. In fact, if you call from a PT phone, I believe, and certainly most mobile phones, it won't even appear on the bell, showing us a logged call that wasn't charged. And that's 0800 1111. Mm. No, the child line is a fantastic service. Mm, absolutely. Really is. So, on that note... <laughs> As a nice kind of anecdote to this, I ended up the other day with a, a really great conversation with a guy in Ealing, in London, where he stopped and asked me for help. He was a homeless guy, sat on the pavement, looking thoroughly down. As I walked past, he asked me for a light. Sure, is a light. Sat and had a conversation with him. I pointed out that said I was going to try and find my hotel, but I wasn't really sure where it is. He said, oh, I know exactly where that is. I'll show you. We, waited, we walked up, he showed me where the, where the hotel was. We had a bit more of a conversation, had a coffee and a chat. And that was something that was really nice for both of us. I got to find out where I was going to go much easier than if I tried to find it myself. He got some conversation and a, and a cup of coffee, but we had a, a human interaction. It was genuinely pleasing. I like that. That's a lovely way to end that story. James, thank you very much. Short week this week. Short week. We're back next week um, chatting about all things, uh, all different things, and there's a longer episode. In the meantime, you have a good rest of your week. I shall do, sir. You too. And hopefully we can break out the barbecue some more. Well, I, I, I was just thinking, actually, I think there's a, there's a little bit more left over from the barbecue. I might go and attack it again. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to speak to you, my friend. And you. Take care. Bye-bye. Our wonderful partners, the Cravat Club, provide luxury silk cravats, scarves and pocket squares. Designed and handcrafted in England. So compliment your style with a touch of sartorial elegance with these 100% silk cravats, scarves and pocket squares, which are an ideal addition to evening or day wear for a sharp and refined look for the distinguished gentleman. Head on over to their website, www.cravat-club.com to grab yours now. This podcast is brought to you by the Perfect Gentleman Group Limited and was edited by Andy Nickel at the Pistachio Palace. <laughs>